You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> now before we get into anything, because this is officially, right, the start of week number two, in the NFL, you got a game down the turnpike tonight between the 0-1 Minnesota Vikings and the 1-0 Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll peek in on that a little bit later on. But before we get into all the football stuff and all the other things that are on the agenda for the show tonight, it is a very special day. I have to wish a happy birthday to my dad, Pops. The big birthday today, so happy birthday to him. Going to do a big celebration on the weekend because, you know, like we're, we're busy today, working, you know, doing our things. So happy birthday to Pops. Hope he's having a very, very good day. Talked to him earlier. And we move on. Now, so today I made my weekly pilgrimage out to Florham Park, one Jets drive, to take care of my obligations for the pregame show on Sunday. Sat down with Brees Hall, sat down with... The reigning AFC Defensive Player of the Week, Jordan Whitehead. So you'll hear those interviews in the pregame show. Some interesting things, actually, as a matter of fact, that both of those gentlemen had to say. But then, you know, you make your way into the locker room. And this is my first time in there talking to, you know, a bunch of guys as a whole since everything transpired back on Monday night with Aaron Rodgers going down in the thrilling, dramatic victory over the Buffalo Bills to kick off the season. I was... I don't want to say that I was shocked, but I was mildly surprised at the overall general theme that I got from talking to a bunch of guys over in that room today. And essentially, the theme is this. And Jet fans, you know what? I know that it's really not going to play itself out, and you're not going to know if it's real or not or if it's going to mean anything at all until you actually see this team get back out on the field on Sunday. They might lose to the Dallas Cowboys. They may not have a good season, but it's not going to be any sort of injury hangover from Aaron Rodgers, I can tell you that, because if that was the case, they would have lost to the Buffalo Bills back on Monday, and they didn't. But to a man, they are using the Aaron Rodgers injury as a rallying cry, if not anything else. You know, they made a concerted effort to fight, to scrap, to claw, in that game on Monday because they wanted to win the game for Aaron Rodgers. And I don't think you could ask for anything more if you're a fan. Like I said, who knows if it's going to happen, okay? Dallas is a tough game. Dallas would have been a tough game even if Aaron Rodgers was quarterbacking them this week. But now you got Zach Wilson. But Aaron Rodgers is still very much a part of this football team. And a lot of guys have, you know, kept in touch with him, shooting him texts back and forth, just trying to, you know, know that everybody's thinking about him and so on and so forth. Because it's a tough blow. But it's amazing to me. Like, you hear the guys in that room talk about the quarterback, the fallen leader, and the respect and the reverence that they have for this guy. And, and, and think about it. They only got to play a real game together for four plays. Yeah, they had the entire offseason. Yeah, you had the preseason training camp and whatnot. But four plays. And they talked about Aaron Rodgers as if, 
This was the Green Bay Packer locker room. Like, this guy had been there for 18 years, and he was a fixture. But that's how much of an impact he has had on this building. And then that locker room. And just changing the culture. You know, a couple of guys even threw the word out, the leader. You know, the general. That's how they revere this guy. And to them, the best way they could go out there and honor him is go win football games. Make it as if he's the one out there that's still actually at the controls. But we know that's not the case. Instead, it's Zach Wilson. I talked to Zach for a couple of minutes today, like apart from when he did all his media stuff, you know, the, the, the press conference to the masses, if you will. And he says he's confident, right? He says this isn't last year, which is what you want to hear. But again, now you got to go out there and prove it. I could say anything, you could say anything, but until you go out there and actually practice what you preach, it it doesn't mean a darn thing. So that's where the Jets are at right now. You got a quarterback that just a couple of years ago you thought was good enough to take second overall. You thought the tools, you thought the skills, everything was in place that this guy was going to be your franchise savior. This is the guy that everybody was going to rally around and was going to take you to heights unknown, to where this franchise hasn't been in five and a half decades. Hasn't worked out that way for the first couple of years, right? But that's not to say that that still can't happen this season because one thing we know about this team, it's a good group. Got a lot of talent on this team. It's a really, really, really talented roster. So if I was a quarterback or you were a quarterback or anybody that had confidence in their own abilities looking for an opportunity to go out there and showcase your gifts and try to make a name for yourself and leave an impact in the league, what better situation could somebody have walked into than what's happening right now with Zach Wilson? It's all right there for him. You talk about a redemption story, right? Think about he, how he can rewrite what the Zach Wilson narrative has been for the last couple of years here with this football team and in this town and on this radio station, among other things. When last year came to a close, boy, it looked as if the book was closed on Zach Wilson as the starting quarterback of the New York Jets. Fast forward a few months later, Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback. And then you hear Aaron Rodgers say, you know what, I'm going to be here at least a couple more years, hell, maybe even three more years. Why not? Well, okay, Zach Wilson's contract would expire by then. You don't know if he would stick around or if he would go someplace else looking for a new lease on life and someplace to start over in his NFL career. But now he's got an opportunity, right, with the best team by far around him talent-wise than he's had since he's coming to the NFL. He's got a brand-new offensive coaching staff as opposed to what he had the first two years in the NFL. You know how many guys... And talking about, you know, the quarterback situation and whatnot. Every guy that I talked to today, glowing things to say about Nathaniel Hackett. Glowing. Okay, and I could just give you a little 411 last year. Those things weren't necessarily being said about the guy who was calling plays previously. All right, I'm not trying to throw shade on anybody, but I'm, I'm just telling it like it is. All right? This coaching staff on the offensive side of the ball is improved over what it's been the previous two years. You've got guys with experience. Right? And I'm not saying that Mike Floor won't be a good coach down the road and you know grow into a good coach, right? But he was inexperienced when it came to having that job and that responsibility. Some take longer to grow into a role. Nathaniel Hackett's done this before. Keith Carter, the offensive line coach that was brought in. Todd Downing, the passing game coordinator. All these guys in Downing and Hackett have worked together previously, so they're kind of in lockstep, right? 
Everything is in place. Now they have to go out there and execute. But you got the quarterback, and he's got to be the one. I don't think he's got to play out of his mind. I don't think he's got to necessarily go out there and win the league MVP. You know, he doesn't got to be Kurt Warner in 1999. Nobody knew who the hell he was. Trent Green goes down in the preseason for the Rams. He comes onto the field, and the rest is history. Zach Wilson doesn't have to be that. And another interesting thing, too, you talk to some guys, and they said, shoot, if Aaron Rodgers didn't go down in that game on Monday night, they thought they would have ran him out of the building. You know, like two, three scores. And that just goes to show you, the talent is in place. The pieces are there. Zach Wilson's walking into as good a situation as you possibly can, of course, not having somebody suffer an injury like Aaron Rodgers did. But it's a talented group. So Zach met the media today, and he was asked if he feels he has to regain the confidence of that locker room. I don't think I need to think of it like that. You know, I think how I can go out there and play football will earn that trust back from those guys. And I would say I have a very good relationship with everybody in this locker room. You know, we joke around, we eat lunch together, we go out for O-line QB dinners. And so, you know, I would always feel like the guys in this locker room have my back just like I got their back no matter what. Lunch is an important meal, right? I heard somewhere it's one of the three most important meals of the day. It's important you have that camaraderie. What about the pressure that he faces? I wouldn't say there was a lot of pressure just because, you know, the guys in the locker room do a good job, you know, showing that they always got my back and leaning on each other, keeping our circle tight. And at the end of the day, like I said, we get to play football for a living, so we got to have fun with it. And lastly, have you spoken to Aaron Rodgers? We've exchanged a little bit of texting back and forth. You know, I've been trying to give him the space. He's obviously going through it, but, you know, really just showing him I love him and that, you know, we miss him being around. And that's about it, you know, really just letting him handle everything going on. And the good thing about it is, is like I said, he's got weapons to work with, including number 17. And what have I been saying about 17 and what we're going to keep saying about 17? 17 is special. He's one of the special ones. He also talked today and said that group as a whole, they believe in Zach Wilson. Garrett Wilson, that is, excuse me. Just because of the effect that that can have on, on people, you know, belief, people believing in you, people that, you, you know, get to work with every day believing in you. And, you know, sometimes it can seem like the world is against you, but, but it's never really the case. You know, we always got our guys' backs, and, you know, it can be tough playing ball in this state, especially playing quarterback in this part of the world. And, you know, because of that and, and all the other things, you know, we, we always want to make sure we got our brothers back, man. And if he doesn't know that, then I'm doing my job wrong. You know, I want to make sure I get them all the empowerment in the world, and, and I know all the other guys feel the same about it. You got pass catchers. You got two running backs who might be the best running back tandem in all the National Football League. Okay, Brees Hall never carried the ball since last October. Didn't absorb any contact since last October. What does he do his first carry? 26-yard run. Not too bad. Not too bad. You know what he did for his second run? 83 yards. The guy's really, really good. And as I mentioned, I think, the other night, I said, you know, how do we know how last year would have turned out if Brees Hall doesn't get hurt, you know, in week six or seven or whatever that was in Denver? Maybe we're talking about an offense that isn't going to stall as much as it did last season and have all the musical chairs happening at the quarterback position. Now you got Brees Hall, now you got Dalvin Cook. And you got a defense which, look, I don't know if they're going to be the 85 Bears. Chances are they aren't. 
because to me that's the gold standard. But this still could be an absolute top defense in the NFL. To where then maybe from an offensive standpoint, you don't have to go out there and put up 30 points a game. Be nice if you did, but you don't necessarily have to. It's not going to be easy on Sunday. It's not going to be easy the week after that. You know, because now you're looking at, well, Dallas, their home opener, coming off a 40 nothing shutout against the New York Giants. And now the odds makers really are showing no faith in the Jets. You see what that line has ballooned up to? They're getting nine and a half points in this game. Nine and a half points. You would have thought that the Jets lost to the Buffalo Bills 30-3 to if they're getting that many points. Nope. So you know what most people think is going to happen on Sunday? And you know what? It very well could. But that still doesn't mean you're canceling the season. Just like the Giants, who are on the receiving end of a shellacking in week one. They're not canceling the season, right? They're getting on a plane tomorrow, the next day. They're going out to Arizona and taking on a team that they should beat and hopefully a team that will get their season back on track. Remember, the Giants got a couple of tough assignments because then you got a quick turnaround and you're going to play San Francisco, which might be the best team in the entire sport. But after Dallas for the Jets, you got the New England Patriots coming into your building, which, you know what, maybe that game looks a little bit different now because, well, Aaron Rodgers isn't going to be there. And you haven't beaten the New England Patriots since 2015. And last year in the two games against New England, to say the least, Zach Wilson probably had as bad a game as you could possibly have. Right? The home game, he threw those ill-advised interceptions. The game up in Foxborough was pretty much the final straw before the coaching staff decided we got to go to the bullpen. Talk about how the pieces are in place for one hell of a redemption. One hell of an arc. Right? Football's funny. Sports is funny. Life is funny in that way. Them football gods, they're sneaky. You don't know what the hell they're cooking up, right? They gave you Aaron Rodgers. They let everybody toot their horn about Aaron Rodgers. They told all the TV networks, hey, you got Aaron Rodgers. Give the Jets all these primetime games, national TV, everything. Flavor of the month. Jets this, Aaron Rodgers this. And they took it away from you in four plays. And they probably got a chuckle out of that. They thought it was funny. Nobody here is laughing. But that's why you never know what the football gods are thinking or what they're doing. And while they're sitting there laughing about this whole plot line for the Jets season, what if they then inject a former character on the team and a former character in the story, Zach Wilson, and what if he's the one that gets the benefit and leads this team to success in 2023? Wouldn't that be something? Like I said, what were the odds? Forget about what the Jets' odds were to win the division or the Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers. What would those odds have been with Aaron Rodgers, or excuse me, with Zach Wilson as the quarterback? Probably would have got good money for that if it went out to the desert. That's for damn sure. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Talking Jets and Cowboys. Cowboys injury report a little interesting, too as it factors into this game coming up on Sunday. Cowboys might not be able to have Brandon Cooks at their disposal, still not practicing. We'll see where that leads them. Zach Martin, their all-everything guard, was limited in practice today with a groin. We'll see how that plays itself out. Like I said, the Giants got a big one this week in Arizona. Hey, when you lose 40 to nothing every game, no matter who you're playing, right after is a big game. And the Giants got to get a win to get that taste out of their mouth. 
Jordan Renan is going to join us 8 o'clock in his weekly spot with us to talk a little big blue football. Get into some baseball odds and ends. Hey, congrats to the Atlanta Braves. They just do what they usually do, and that's win a division again. As if the Mets don't have any other things that they have to figure out first. The Braves are still there waiting. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Week two is upon us. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Hey, the Mets won 11-1 to laugher over the Arizona Diamondbacks. Boy, Arizona kind of petering out to the end here. Doesn't look like they're going to be able to seal the deal and maybe capture one of these playoff spots. How about the Mets taking three out of four from them? And the last two nights, they beat up Arizona's two best pitchers, two guys who are really, really good, actually, and, and Zach Gallen probably going to be a Cy Young finalist, and tonight it was Merrill Kelly, 11-1. to 1. And I'll tell you, speaking of Cy Young finalists, I don't know if he'll get and finish in the top three, but Kodai Senga, very quietly, and you, know, you guys know I was hard on him early in the year when the Mets actually had things to play for because he got off to a rough start, right? He was pretty good at home, but on the road he was abysmal, and he was walking a ton of guys. This dude's got a sub-3 ERA for crying out loud. He hasn't spent a day on the injured list. Takes the ball every five days. Well, in the beginning, it was six days, but you get my point, right? He's third in the National League in ERA with a 2.95. I'll tell you, Kodai Senga is somebody you can actually get excited about next year if you're a Met fan, as far as this rotation is concerned. He's going to be the one. He's going to be at the top of your rotation. I don't know if he's going to be your one, but I think you could go into next season at the very worst, as him is your number two. Why not? 800-919-3776. Also, um, Jerome sends me a tweet and says that today is his son LJ's birthday. So happy birthday to LJ. LJ sharing a birthday with uh, my dad. So there you go. So happy birthday to uh, not just them, but anybody who's got a birthday today on this 14th day of September. All right, 800-919-3776. Before we get to the phones, let me just say this, too. One other thing about the quarterback situation with the Jets. Apart from whether you think that Zach Wilson can handle the responsibility and he's going to be able to not skip a beat and lead this offense and this team to victories over the coming weeks and the rest of this season, regardless of where his confidence level is at and how much of a grasp he has of this offense and how in sync he is with whether it's the offensive line, his playmakers, I'm going to go back to an old famous line in sports, right? The best ability 
is availability. Right? So it doesn't matter how far or how hard you can throw the ball, how fast you can run, the best ability is availability. And I say that because, and I was mentioning this to a couple people today when I was having lunch, like, so far Zach Wilson's been in the league for two years, and in two years he's gotten hurt each season, right? Got hurt as a rookie up in New England. He got hurt last year in the preseason when he should have just ran out of bounds but didn't. And there was even an instance this year during training camp, if you remember, and it was captured on Hard Knocks, one of those preseason games. I can't, I can't remember what game it was specifically, but remember, like, Aaron Rodgers was mic'd up on the sidelines, and he was kind of teasing him a little bit. He was saying, dude, you got to get out of bounds. Like, save yourself. So that's also a big concern here. In two years, he hasn't been able to complete a season and not spend time on the injured list. So if this is what you got right now, you got to keep your fingers crossed that he's still going to be the guy that you have when this thing is all said and done. All right, let's start it off with Pete in Brooklyn up next. Up first, I should say, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Peter, how are you? Hey, good night, good night. How are you doing, Dan? Pete, I'm doing fantastic. How are you doing? Uh, hanging out there, hanging in there. This whole, uh, I'm a Jet fan, I'm a diehard Jet fan. And what happened was catastrophic. But I, I wasn't with Zach Wilson, but I got to be with him now because this is what we got. Um, not too long ago, 20 years ago, Eli Manning started. And he wasn't a great quarterback. He had a strong defense, a lot of weapons. His receivers made him get a kid a chance. Eli, Eli Manning ain't as great of a quarterback, but you guys put him down as the best quarterback in the NFL. So kid got, kid got time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I really do, and I thank you for the phone call, Pete. Um, but here's the difference, though. I, I know what you're saying about Eli, and, and look, when Eli was inserted into the starting lineup when he was a rookie in 04, when the Giants were actually like still winning games, right, and they were kind of in the wild card mix, and Coughlin benched Kurt Warner and turned things over to Eli because Eli was the future, Eli struggled. Remember, Eli had that one game at Baltimore. Here, I'm looking at that right now. He was 4 for 18 for 27 yards and two INTs. He had a quarterback rating that day of zero. 0.0, famous line, okay? But here's the difference. Eli was a rookie. You know, Zach's not a rookie. Zach's in his third year. Zach has started a lot of games in the NFL. But if you want to use last Monday as some sort of an indicator that Hey, this guy just came into the game cold. He didn't have any first-team reps in practice for essentially the last two weeks. You know what Zach Wilson was doing in practice last week? He was Josh Allen. That's who he was. He was Josh Allen running the scout team, getting the Jets' starting defense ready for what the Bills are going to face. That's what he was doing. And then four plays into the game, kid, you're up. And then they had to immediately call an audible and reconfigure the game plan as opposed to what they were doing with Aaron Rodgers or what they were going to do with Aaron Rodgers and then tailor it to what Zach Wilson was maybe comfortable with a little bit. Now you at least have a full week to where they can really all get on the same page and everybody can craft something which they think is going to play to everyone's strengths and bring the best out of this offense. Will it happen? We'll see. Brian in Oceanside is up next here on 98.7. Hey, Brian, how are you? Good. How's it going? Good, Brian. What's up? up what happened in this year's this last year's draft. Bill yep. Belichick traded with the 
Pittsburgh Steelers to jump ahead of the Jets. Uh, and we're at, right at the spot where they wanted to take Broderick Jones. Now, Broderick mm-hmm. Jones is unproven. However, it, I, they were saying it was complete strategy by Bill Belichick to take him because he knew the Jets needed an offensive tackle this year, and he let the Steelers get it. They both needed tackles. My point is that a big reason that Zach Wilson is not performing the way he should have the past two years is because he is constantly under duress. And Aaron Rodgers, whether people want to admit it or not, were going to be was going to be under duress this entire season. That's just that's just what probably would have happened. Would Broderick Jones may have made the difference? Maybe, maybe not. However, what I'm getting to is if the Jets want to give up a high draft pick this year or a second round pick to go get a fill in quarterback such as Stafford or Jacoby Brissett, they are sacrificing if Aaron Rodgers does come back next year an offensive lineman in the first round, which we desperately need. So I really mm-hmm. hope that they don't go out and try to get a plug-in quarterback. Zach's our guy for now, and let's see what he can do. Brian, I agree with you a thousand percent, and I thank you for the phone call. You got to th- and look, Joe Douglas and his staff and everybody in the organization—they totally think about that, right? They know exactly what the deal is. They know what's going on, right? This—they'd have to look at this thing two, three steps ahead down the road. Fans don't necessarily look at it that way because they're just living in the now and living in the moment. How can we get better now? What can? How can we wave a magic wand? And if we can't bring Aaron Rodgers back from you know the the, the depths of despair, how can we go out and get ourselves a proven quarterback? Or how can we get ourselves a better offensive line? Guys, it's hard to do when you're getting ready to go into week two of the NFL season, right? Everybody's rosters and everything are kind of tailored the way you thought they were. You had all off season for that. Nobody plans for these injuries. Because you don't put a team together thinking, hey, this guy's going to get hurt or that guy's going to get hurt. But unfortunately, that's the roll of the dice sometimes because it's football and injuries happen. But Brian makes an interesting point. And I'm going to talk a little bit more about that, though, when we come back at 800-919-3776. Grasso Show till 9 on a busy Thursday right here on 98.7 ESPN. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Like I said, in about an hour, a little less than an hour actually, Jordan Renan will join us. Covers the Giants first here at ESPN, his weekly spot. Little big blue Arizona Cardinals talk. And boy, do the Giants have a lot of things that they need to get situated before they roll into the desert coming up on Sunday. So we'll talk to Jordan coming up at 8. But the Jets are the topic right now. And before we went to the break, Brian and uh, Oceanside, it's rare that I remember the previous caller's name and where they were calling from. So, so kudos to me. Must be those smart pills I'm taking. 
one of the things he mentioned was about the offensive line and how that's contributed to maybe some of the struggles that Zach Wilson has had so far in his first two years in his career. I'll tell you this. Has the offensive line been stable the last two seasons for the Jets? No, of course not. It hasn't. But some of the duress that you see Zach Wilson under and you've seen him under in his career is partly attributed to Zach. And I say that because Zach has a tendency or has had a tendency to flee the pocket maybe a little bit sooner than he probably should, right? Sometimes you're a quarterback. You know what you got to do? You got to hang in the pocket, and you got to step up and make a throw. Not try to do one of these Madden football or Tecmo Bowl. You're playing a video game and spin around and run backwards 30 yards and then just heave one up into the air, which he's been guilty of from time to time. But I didn't see that in the preseason. You know, Greg and I talked about that. In each and every one of the postgame shows that Zach Wilson played in the preseason, I saw that growth. I saw the maturation, the development of a quarterback, a guy who maybe had a little bit more feel of the pocket. Right? Sometimes you just got to hang in, boom, make a throw. And there were times in that game Monday night where he stepped up and made a throw, delivered the football. Now, he had a couple of those plays where he was kind of loosey-goosey and scrambling around, but you know what? Hopefully with another week, they're going to be able to coach that out of him a little bit more. It's not like it's a complete jailbreak to where all five offensive linemen just fall to the ground and then you're going to have five guys coming at you trying to rip your head off as soon as you get the ball. There's going to be enough time to make a throw. Some, and you know what? Sometimes you got to trust your eyes. That's another big part of this thing. Trust your eyes as a quarterback. Deliver the football. Instead of just hanging on to it too long and maybe trying to find the perfect play or the home run play. Because that's when you get yourself into trouble. Sometimes the best throws you make are maybe even the safe ones, even if you got to check it down. And I know that he was having problems doing that the last couple of years where he was, you know, one hopping screen passes to the running backs. And you're like, oh, my goodness, can't even get that right. But you know what? He threw a nice one on Monday night to Dalvin Cook, which is a pretty big gainer. And we'll get some more information on Sunday. I'm not going to sit here and, 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 and try to kid you and to try to convince you that everything is going to be different and everything is figured out. No, we, we, he got to go out there and do it. And it may not even happen on Sunday. It might happen next week or the week after that. But you just want to see that growth. The worst thing you can have is the status quo or maybe going backwards. I don't think he's going backwards. But you just want to see signs that, all right, maybe it's all starting to click. And he's starting to figure it out. Nick and Freehold up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Nick, how are you? I'm good, Dan. How are you? Good, Nick. What's going on? Well, happy birthday to your father. First Thank you, foremost. sir. Appreciate it. I, 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 a quick question. I, yeah. So I understand how great this Jets roster is. This comes from a Giants fan. I'm not a Jets hater. I just want to point that out right away. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little – Everybody's talking about all oh, this almighty Jets defense after week one when, one, they've always owned Josh Allen and the Bills, and Josh Allen gifted them, gifted them four turnovers. The fumble was ridiculous. Three interceptions were Hail Marys just thrown right to Whitehead. They did it last year. What well, the, not, not all three of them. The third, one, the third one, Whitehead made a good play on the ball. He made a good break on you're the right, ball. You're the right. Lines. Okay, that's fair. So we'll, we'll say three out of the four were gifted. 
Well, and then they should have had another turnover, too, that C.J. Mosley dropped when he stepped right over the middle when Allen was trying to fire one over the middle, too. Could have been five. Correct. I I agree. I agree. They own Josh Allen. They absolutely own Josh Allen. So when I look back at Zach Wilson's year last year, Mm -hmm. and what he was doing was keeping the defense on the field too long. And it's the same offensive line. It's the same weapons plus Adam Lazard, who, I mean, didn't do anything. Randall Cobb, who is about as old as, as my father's knees that need replacement. What makes you guys think that this defense is still so all-world that Zach Wilson can just be a game manager and the defense is going to do fine? It's the same thing as last year. I, this is why I, I'm very confused, Dan. I love you, by the way. Mm-hmm. I'm just – I don't understand how it's – this defense is now all of a sudden this all-world defense and nothing comes out of it. So – what, Love I, I, don't, I don't know what you mean when you say nothing comes out of it, though, Nick. What do you mean by that? Well, well what I'm saying is, Dan, I'm saying is it's the same thing as last year. Why is mm-hmm. this situation different? What is different now with Zach Wilson behind center with the same defense? Uh, you know, a couple couple other guys on defense, a couple other weapons. I They were burned well, out at the end of games last year with Zach well, still Wilson finished, being the quarterback. They, they what is still different finished. now? Well, Nick, here's the thing, and I thank you for the phone call. They still finished fourth in the NFL in defense last year, okay, which isn't, isn't too bad. And when you say it's the same exact thing, even when you look at the offense, Elijah Vera Tucker got hurt in week seven. He's their best offensive lineman. That was a big loss. Brees Hall got injured in that same game as AVT did. That was a big loss, as we found out. It took Brees Hall one carry for people to suddenly remember that, oh, yeah, he's pretty good at football. And maybe Brees Hall would have been the guy winning Offensive Rookie of the Year and not Garrett Wilson if he never went down in Denver last year. So those are right there, two really, really big pieces. And oh, by the way, you got Dalvin Cook now in this backfield. So you got a two-headed monster if they stay healthy at the running back position, which might be the best running back tandem in the NFL. Might be, right? And let's see how long this offensive line can stay on the field, okay? Mekhi Becton, once upon a time, you know, people thought highly of him. He's now playing. He's trying to get his football legs underneath him again after not playing for a couple of years. Look, I could sit here and go on and on and on and on. Plus, the guys you got on that defense, you know, they're a year better. Jermaine Johnson is a year better entering year number two. Had a sack already Monday night, right? Quentin Jefferson, who they signed from the Seattle Seahawks. It was kind of one of those, like, late in the spring signings, flew under the radar a little bit. The guy had two sacks on Monday night. Oh, by the way, you know, Quentin Williams is one of the best defensive players in football. Carl Lawson didn't even play on Monday night. Didn't even play. They gave him a rest because, you know what, short week turnaround for the Cowboys, and he had kind of been bothered by a back injury late in camp. It's a good defense. It's a really, really good defense. Trust me. Ira in Staten Island, he's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Ira, how are you? you know, all good, Dan. I'm looking forward to the Cowboy game. And, you know, it's, let's put aside, and you, the Rodgers never got hurt. You and I discussed it all summer. Get me to three conference games out of the first six. Even with Rodgers, I was okay with a Cowboy loss. Get me to Patriot game. And that's how I'm approaching this game. Go out there, play a competitive game, be in a game in the fourth quarter. And I know all the talks about Zach, and rightfully so. But this is a really tough matchup. You look at the Cowboys, their offensive line is got to be top ten, right? Their defensive line, Lawrence and Parsons, they, they can wreck a game. So it's going to be very interesting, put Zach Wilson on the side, how this Jet team matches up against a team like the Cowboys. And you know what? I think they're going to be okay that way. 
because I'm not worried about the Cowboys receivers. I'm not with the secondary we have. Um, I think um, offensively, if we could just give Zach some type of protection and get some type of running game going, we could keep this game close. And if the Jets put up and they lose a 21-17 game in Dallas, you know, I don't like to lose, but, you know, it's not the worst thing. And you come home and you beat the Pats, you're 2-1, and guess what? You're right where I thought they were going to be before Rodgers got hurt. I, you know what, I, reg- I agree with you. Like, they don't like to lose games, right? And I thank you for the phone call. But I, I think in with this game and everything that's transpired, I think that you could take something out of the way that you lose, right? If you go out there and play a competitive game, defense does its job. As I was saying, you know what, maybe the offense puts two, three scoring drives together. Zach Wilson stays away from the fatal mistake, actually, you know, doesn't do anything to maybe hamper the offense, I think you take something out of it. Look, Dallas Dallas going to be a difficult game. Even with Aaron Rodgers, it would have been a tough game. This was one of those that, you know, if you were playing the stupid win-loss game before the season, you might have given the Jets a loss. But it doesn't mean the sky is falling down. And I don't think I, – I, I also, I will say this. It bodes well that that team fought like hell like they did on Monday night to win that game because guess what? They had every single excuse known to man to just roll over after Aaron Rodgers went down. They, they could have lost that game 30-3 to on Monday night. And people would have said, well, you know what? They just had their leader, his season end, four plays into it. You know, human nature sometimes takes over. They didn't do that. And they won the game. So I don't think that there's room for an Aaron Rodgers hangover when they take the field in Dallas. That's out the window because the only time for that would have been on Monday night, and that didn't happen. They won a game. But, yeah, as Ira said, in the grand scheme of things, when you have these six games to start the season that everybody thought were going to be challenging regardless, you already got one, the Buffalo Bills. The next most important one is going to be the Patriot game because that's a division game as well. That comes up next week. And then you got a couple of other AFC foes mixed in there. You got Denver and you got Kansas City. If you go 3-3 three and three and you win both division games plus one of the AFC games, you know what? You could have done a hell of a lot worse. And you come out of that six-game stretch still in one piece for the most part? Then you got a season. Then you got a season. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Dan Gross's show. We're rolling on this Thursday right here on 98.7 ESPN. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. 
This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets win today. Yankees, well, they lost today because they're playing another doubleheader in Boston. Seems like all the Yankees do is play doubleheaders in Boston. They lost 5 nothing in the opener. And now in the nightcap, it's Clark Schmidt towing the rubber. So they are uh, scoreless in the first inning. We'll keep you up to date if anything uh, earth-shattering should happen. I mean, they're just playing out the string. No different than the Mets are right now. I'll tell you, Judge has been in absolute tailspin right now over the last uh, handful of games. I mean, he can't get a hit to save his life. You know, he's still, I'm sure, fighting it and trying to get back into rhythm from every th- all the time that he lost earlier this year because of the toe. That seems like eons ago, doesn't it? Like when, when the Yankees were dealing with that judge absence and the heart of the summer with the baseball season. Boy, so much simpler times then now, right? Aaron Rodgers was the Jets quarterback. Life was good. <laughs> oh, boy. And then we got Eagles-Vikings week number two. That'll start in about an hour from now. I don't know. I think um, I think the birds are going to be in good shape tonight. We'll talk about that one a little bit later on. Uh, let's go back to the phones and say hi to Anthony in Harlem, who is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Anthony, how are you? Dan, it's great to talk to you. It's the first time this football season I've called in. Anthony, why? I, what took so long? I mean, the football season is <laughs> approximately four to five days old, and you're finally calling in now? What's going on? Well, I usually get fired up, and I, I go at it with Greg. And I, I called in last year, and I went at it with him over Zach Wilson. Full disclosure, I, I killed Zach after that Patriots game. I said he wasn't an NFL quarterback. But I got to tell you, dude, I love what you said, because I've been watching the preseason. I'm a loser. I watched the old 22 and I watched that game in the second You're half. A loser. You're a, a loser. You're a loser. <laughs> I watched preseason all 22 because, uh, oh, yeah, I love, I love football and I coach it. So this kid looks like a different player, man. I'm telling you, he's doing things this year that he did not do in two previous seasons. He's progressing through reads. He's checking the ball down. He's stepping up in the pocket. There was a play in that game on Monday night. Do you remember the third and two where they were empty? And Dalvin Cook was split out, and he called him into the backfield and ran the inside zone. Do you remember that play? And he got the first down, Dalvin Cook? I remember. Yeah, I don't he, remember where Cook lined up initially, but I do remember the end result, yes. He, he, I don't even think that he had the autonomy to do that last year with the last offense coordinator. For him to do that, he's playing quarterback in the NFL. He's light years ahead of where he's ever been. And here's what I'll say about Sunday, okay? That giant game... I, I have have you I don't think I've ever seen the team play more inept football. The Giants offense gave the Cowboys twenty points. They were putrid in that game. And no team in the NFL in the last three or four years lays more eggs at home than the Mike McCarthy led Dallas Cowboys. I think the Jets have a real shot to win that game on Sunday. And I'm gonna call you again and follow up this call then. All right. Well, you gotta call us. We'll, be, we'll you know where we'll be, of course, on Sunday, Anthony. And I appreciate the phone call. And one other thing as well, talking about what Zach Wilson did on Monday night. The touchdown pass to Garrett Wilson, okay, which was an unbelievable effort from Garrett, let's be honest. But Zach Wilson checked out of that play. That was initially called a run play. And he got to the line of scrimmage and checked out of it, and they get six points out of it. You're right. I don't know if he had the autonomy in his first couple of years under Mike LaFleur to be changing plays. I, I, I don't know that to be true. Mike is in East Northport. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Michael, how are you? Not too bad. How's it going, Dan? Mike, I'm doing good. What's going on with you? All right. Coming, driving from upstate, and it's amazing I got through. But a couple of quick points, and I just want to talk about, you know, with the sack on Rogers, right? I, my, my son and I are at the game. We're still sick, right? But you know yeah. what? We're getting over it, and we're going to keep going. But my point is this. 
the first play, you bang out 20 yards on the run, keep running the ball, right? Then you have that nice screen. Why did they pass? That's the play calling that kills me, right? Not that, it, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, mm-hmm. But at the end of the game, when the Jets took the lead, right, now you got the defense. All you got to do is stop them, and game's over. But they tie it. It's almost like, oh, my God, every time we're at the game, it seems we have the win. And then it's a tie or a loss in the last minute. The defense has got to make a play. Now, ultimately, the result is great, but that's what gets me nervous and gets me nuts. You know what I'm saying? What, the fact that that, that Buffalo tied the game? Is that what you were saying? Yeah, because you know what? You, you got the lead. You took the lead. Shut them down. You got a minute left of the game. They used all the timeouts. Shut them down. And they still tied the game. They still went 70 yards. Yeah, but Mike, think about it. And, and, and here's where I disagree, and I thank you for the phone call. They, they gave him a 50 yard, they left him with a 50 yard field goal, which the guy had to clank off the upright and through to just force overtime. And then if you want to complain about the defense, Buffalo wins the toss, they get the football, defense goes out there and forces a three and out. Forces a three and out. They couldn't have played this thing any better, right? It took a fortunate kick to tie the game. And then in overtime, you didn't give him anything. A lot of things you could take exception with from the other night or whatever, but I, like, I, I, that's not the night to worry about the defense. By the way, speaking of, because Mike brought up the, you know, the Brees Hall, the first play of the game, and I, and I mentioned that I talked to Brees today, and you'll hear that interview on the pregame show. Really, really good stuff. I was shocked that Brees, uh, in the interview, mentioned that they weren't even sure he was going to play Monday night. And I didn't know. I mean, remember, he practiced all week, or he was limited, I, I, I guess what they said. But there was never any sort of danger, at least publicly, that he wasn't going to be able to go. He said he didn't even know if he was going to play in the game. They didn't make that decision until, like, the day before, on Sunday, that he was even going to be able to go. Thank goodness he did. Two big plays he had in that one. And he only played 17 snaps on Monday night. You figure now as the workload is going to continue to increase, he was on a little bit of a pitch count. You know, he's going to get more touches, I think, moving forward. You know, I think the plan initially was for Dalvin to get the majority of the looks in that first game, but I think you're going to start to see more of a split, and not even a split. Eventually, once he's, like, all the way back and has his legs under him and everything, you know, Brees is going to be the guy because he's a freak. He's an absolute freak. Let's say hi to Jose in Brooklyn, who was up next here on 98.7. Hello, Jose. How are you? Hello, Dan. I'm doing good. Shout out to the company. And I'm just here to call because I um, just, you know, wanted to hear all the Jet listeners and, and callers and see how, you know, they, they, they were processing this. And you know what? I, I, I find that, you know, I'm in the fatalist side. I, I think that the season is over. And, wow. you know, I just have to. Jose, yeah, yeah, I just have, ye I, I just little have no faith, hope. Jose. My gosh. Yes. Wow. I, I, went from, I went from Super Bowl or bust to, you know, yeah, I'm just like, yeah. <laughs> this is, this so is so Jose is basically like the, the, the complete opposite end, of the, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum. It's basically like the extreme scenarios. It's either Super Bowl or you might as well go 2-15 and 15 if you're Jose, right? <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. Uh, and, and the thing is, is, and the sad part is, is we won't be bad enough to even be 2-15. and 15. We're going to be, you know, the defense is still going to be good enough enough to you know keep us into games and you know i don't i i i don't see what everyone else is seeing 
you know, with the improvements, with the checkdowns, with the this and the that. I'm just like, you know, I still see a guy that's still largely struggling. And, you know, and <clears throat> hopefully he can be able to put a few passes together because that's the only way we're going to be able to score points, you know, because uh, it, it, it's just hard for me to imagine that a big play, you know, we got to rely on constant big play from Brees Hall and Dalvin Cook and Garrett Wilson and constant big plays from the defense to be in games in a 17 game in a 17 game season it's just you know hard to hard for me to see but, but Jose you know do you what? think hey, I could be proven wrong right and hopefully he'll prove a lot of people wrong but Jose don't you think right now though when you look at this team and if they could stay healthy the way the roster is made up doesn't all Mark or doesn't all Zach Wilson have to do is essentially kind of be what Mark Sanchez was in 09 and 2010 when they went to championship games that's what I was hoping for in his second season when I was still trying to be optimistic about the kid. But when he just kind of unraveled, to me, I think it's kind of even unfair to Mark Sanchez because I thought Mark Sanchez got a lot of grief because a lot of people loved Rex Ryan. And, you know, and they weren't going to blame, you know, Rex and the defense for any shortcomings because they were awesome. And, you know, and since he was the young rookie quarterback that kind of wasn't living up to the expectations of being an elite quarterback, Mark Sanchez kind of got dumped by even our own fan base in in the Jet community. But I I think that Mark Sanchez was loads uh, of just miles away better than Zach Wilson ever was in, in my mind from what well, I saw. From what you I know saw. what, Jose? He's got to show it, right? He's got to show it. He and got and to. Thank you for the phone call. And look, he, he's going to have an opportunity, you know? Like a couple of people today who I was talking to, you know, they brought up that fourth quarter last year. The first game he played last season. Remember when he came back from the injury, he started the game in Pittsburgh against the Steelers? Remember how he played in that fourth quarter? He was outstanding. And there were people after that game that were calling Greg and myself in the postgame show. You know, I remember Artie, because Artie's a lunatic. Artie was calling and saying, you know, we, we got our quarterback, right? Probably even more hysterically, but we got our quarterback. We've got our guy. And then they continued to win games, right? After that, if I'm not mistaken, was the, the Miami game where they knocked Teddy Bridgewater out of the game, like on the first play. Right, and then they just kept winning and winning and winning. Then they went to Green Bay, and they kicked the snot out of the Packers and some – I forgot who the Packers quarterback was. Some guy – I forgot his name, Aaron something. Um, Then they went to to Denver and won, right? And Zach Wilson was the pilot for all those games. And then the New England thing happened, and then it was, uh uh-oh, where he threw those bad interceptions. But then they came back and they played well against the Buffalo Bills and had a good win against the Bills. And I thought Zach Wilson played a really, really good game that day against Buffalo. So it's there. It's there, but we haven't seen it consistently. And that's the difference. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Giant Talk as well is welcome. Remember, we're going to talk to Jordan Renan coming up in about a half an hour. Little Giants Cardinals. Dan Gross' show till 9, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Football Friday. Always great to have a football Friday. We'll do picks. We'll talk to Michael Lombardi. He's got a new book out. Go around the NFL with the longtime 
front office executive, so we're looking forward to that. We'll have all the Jets stuff, all the Giants stuff. Buttle probably will call in if he's not playing golf. Finds like a golf course at night with lights. Probably be doing that. Went 2-1 and one in the picks last week. Uh, took Remember, I had Cleveland plus two. They won outright against Cincinnati. I had Atlanta minus three and a half. They defeated Carolina. The one I lost on was Washington. I, uh, they were a seven-point favorite, and they beat Arizona, but they just didn't cover, which I'm a little surprised at. So two and one, we'll take that. Hey, you go two and one all season long, keep winning series, two out of three, boom. You're going to have a good record at the end of the year. So we'll try to make it even better for week number two. I'll tell you, though, I was looking at the schedule. Because a couple of people were hitting me up. Um, Anthony Pusick was texting me, and, you know, what about Survivor? What do, what do you think about the Survivor this week, you know, f- for that, the Survivor pools? It's tricky, man. Because the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to burn any, like, heavyweight-type team early in the season, right? You want to save it for a little bit later on down the road. But you also can't get too cute when it comes to the Survivor pools, right? Because, obviously, the objective is to advance, because it don't matter how cute you are or not, if your team loses, you're done. So it don't matter what you're saving a heavyweight for if you're knocked out of the pool. But this week, I mean, with a combination of you don't know who you could trust yet, right? Some of these matchups are just damn difficult. Like, you might have to burn a club that you wanted to save for a little bit further down the road. Like, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles tonight. What if you take Philadelphia? Like, you don't want to take the Eagles in week two, but... Seems like it's a pretty safe bet, right? They're playing Minnesota at home short week. Vikings are banged up a little bit. So is Philadelphia, which we'll talk about shortly. But probably maybe need to go there. You know, Buffalo at home against Vegas. The Ve- Vegas is dealing with some injuries. Got to come all the way cross country. You know, Buffalo probably still steaming a little bit from what happened to them on Monday night. I mean, it's, it, it's a brutal weekend. Like, do you trust the Giants enough? Right? I mean, after what you saw from them on Sunday night, I mean, on paper you would think – Oh, yeah, I mean, the Giants should go into Arizona and win, but do you really, with your life on the line, trust the Giants to be able to get you to next week in a survivor pool? They haven't scored a point yet this season. At least Arizona has. Normally, week one is the one that's, like, really, really tricky because, like, we just don't know how these teams are. But then where you fall into that trap in week two is you're basing it off of what you saw in week one, which is not the end-all, be-all for how these teams are really going to play throughout the season. So... We'll see. Uh, Artie in Brooklyn. Speaking of Artie, he's up next here on 98.7. You remember you called after the Steeler game last year. Remember that? I can't believe you remember that. And you were so right. That's exactly what I said. And I wasn't really calm. No. (laughs) No, you weren't. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? I was just telling the, the producer. You know what scares me, Dan, is that, look, I just want to know for sure. Is that I want Zach to get a fair shot, and all these Jet fans are sitting there, and I know what they're thinking. And I heard some callers say, "Look, if we could get Stafford at the at the trade deadline, or get Cousins, this defense is so good and everything." You know what? You got to find out about Zach. And I, I mean, when they got Rodgers, I was all in. I didn't want to say, you know, I expect Super Bowl and stuff like that. But if you honestly believe Stafford's going to come at the deadline or Cousins is going to come at the deadline and we're going to go to the, you know, and beat Kansas City in Kansas City or win the division, I'm sorry. I mean, it, I mean, it happened with, with Vinny all those years ago and stuff. People don't even remember. 
they Bill had Glenn Foley starting before yep. he had Vinny, and then they ended up winning all the things. But he was on the team. It's not like you could just come at the deadline and all of a sudden Stafford's going to be like but the Stafford you, of the Super Bowl. But Artie, you know Artie, yeah. do you remember Vinny's second act with the Jets and how that came about? I do not. Two thousand, and this is this is you talk about an Armageddon scenario. Okay, you think what's yeah. happened now is bad. Two thousand five, Jets were a good team in two thousand five. They made the playoffs the year before. They started off one and one. Week three at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars, they lost Chad Pennington, who was the starter, and Jay Fiedler was the backup quarterback. They lost both of those guys for the season in the same game. So then, oh, don't, don't I remember that? Well, then That's what they crazy. had to do next week, as fate would have it, they went to Baltimore. And they had to start Brooks Bollinger, the third, the third stringer from Wisconsin, in his first ever That's start against I that defense. And they got, to say they got annihilated is putting it mildly. So what did the Jets right. have to do? They called Vinny, who was sitting on the couch <laughs> at 40-whatever years old. Vinny came back the next week, started a game against Gruden's Tampa Bay, and beat the Bucks. <laughs> but then it got then it got worse after that. Trauma. Yeah, and oh then it God. got worse after that because then Vinny, you know, started to play like his age, and then everybody else got hurt around him, and I think they won four games, and that was Herm's last year, and then Herm was out of there at the end of the season. Look, I, I, look, I, I'm looking at the schedule, and I see Cleveland, and I see Miami, both road games, right? I just want to see. I mean. Unless they're like, like totally destroyed and stuff like that. I want to see Zach in those two games. And then at least I can know. I said, listen, they gave him a shot. If they lose to the Patriots and then they, they end up getting some quarterback falls or something like that to play for them, it's a complete joke. It's, it reminds me of everything that we've done for all these years as far as like the quarter, how we handle the quarterback. And I just hope they don't, you know, they don't do what they've done in the past and they give Zach – you know, a chance, you know, well, that Patriot game is going to be huge. It's, 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 be it's, huge. it's a, it's a big game for a lot of reasons. You're absolutely right. And Artie, thanks for the phone call, my man. And look, you certainly look at it a little bit differently than we did maybe all summer and all off season, right? Because think of the redemption story, not just the Jets need to beat the Patriots because they haven't beaten them, you know, basically since Joe Namath was the quarterback. That's what it feels like. But think of how poorly Zach Wilson played against them last year. And not only that, Two years ago, Zach Wilson's home debut, it was week two of the season in 2021 against the Patriots. How many interceptions did he throw that day? Maybe three? You know, so Belichick has his number and has so far here in the early part. And the game up in Foxborough his rookie year is when Zach got hurt, when he busted up his knee. And Belichick ran up the score. He put up like 50 or something that day or whatever it was. So, yeah, last two years, Pats have taken it to the Jets. This would be a great redemption story for not just them, but for this quarterback if he could go out there and beat them in a couple of weeks. But first, got to worry about the Cowboys. Don't worry about the Patriots yet. you got a big one this week. Lonnie in Harlem up next on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, good evening. How the hell are you? Good evening, Dan, uh, Julian, as well as uh, Can't Ride a Bike, Harvey. Um, yeah, well, you know, May Quimby, I just wanted to call in and ask you a question or two because you said today was your father's birthday. First of all, obviously, happy birthday to him. Yes. But if you're the mayor, if you're the mayor, does that make him the president? I think so, doesn't it? I, I, I believe yeah. so, yeah. yeah. 
Well, I don't know. This isn't this isn't like a. I don't think it's like a monarchy though, right? Where it's just like the line of succession or something like that. I'm playing. I'm playing. But yeah, I just wanted to call (laughs) in and wish the president, President Grasa, happy birthday. Obviously, of course. Shout out, shout out to the company. Also, Dan, you know, you know, Sunday wasn't too great for my Giants. That offensive line was atrocious. Basically, almost got Daniel Jones killed. Um, but yeah, you know, I just hope your that coach they also go left him in the Sunday. game a hell of a lot longer than he should have, too, Lonnie. I, I still, for the yeah, life, I can't too. figure that one out. Yeah, me, you know, I didn't really like that either. But you know what? There's a picture that's going around, and I'm sitting there like, yeah, you know what? Remember this pain. We better remember that pain for the for the for the rest of the 16 games in the season because that was disgusting. It was awful. So, what I'm saying is we need to go to Arizona. We need to go bird hunting. Anything that's flying in this red needs to get mm-hmm. smacked out the sky, and we need to stomp on it. So style points obviously would be great, blowing them out. We need a, bu- we need a bunch of sacks. It would be nice if KT number five actually came alive. I feel like the guy, is, he's on the field, but you don't ever see him pop off the film or anything like that. Um, you know, and then uh, we just need a win. We need a big win. We don't need a regular win. We don't need to win by three because, like, Don and everybody is saying, it's like you, you basically feel like you walked out of there with a loss if you only win by three. So See, I disagree. I feel like at least. Lonnie, nah, I, I man, disagree. We need to, we need, I disagree. We need to I, blow them out. I, I, in a perfect world, sure. But what, what, what would you rather have, Lonnie? A, a, a three-point win in an ugly game? Or would you go out there and lose, let's say, you know, 45 to 40 in a oh, shootout, no. but yet you're 0-2 oh, no. when you lost to a horrible team? Oh, oh no. I, I wouldn't know what to do with myself if that was the case. Like, I'd rather take the three-point win, obviously, yes, Dan. Don't get me wrong, but I'm saying, like, I feel like we need to go out there and smack them up. Just to, We need to build our morale, and I feel like we need to do that. We need to get up on them early, jump on them early, so that way we can take Jones, and, and Saquon and certain players out because we do have a show week going into San Fran, and I know that game is not going to be easy. Now, I just want to give you a quick word on your Jets. Um, as I was telling Julian when I called in, and I kind of made this call last night to um, OG Larry and Uncle G. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I was basically trying to say is that, you know, uh, everybody is saying how last year the Jets team was basically should have been in the playoffs, which I believe so. Zach Wilson pretty much messed that up. Now, this year, unfortunately, we all know what happened in, you know, AR8, which is tragic. But um, I, I me personally believe that this is the year that the Jets organization has to fully get behind Zach Wilson and see what the kid has got. One, because you got to realize he's going to, you know, he's, uh, they're going to have to pick up the option sooner or later. So you got to figure out if he's good enough to even pick up that option. Right now, obviously, he doesn't seem like he's good enough. But hope you can. What I'm trying to say is that you can only hope for the rest of the 16 games, especially the game on the 24th, and whenever they play the Patriots again, because I feel like that's the team that he really needs to show out and show up against. Um, because that's the, that's the team that you know, obviously, things went off the rails with the whole commentary after the game. Right. But I just feel like you know this this year, give him the chance. You know, they have the pieces around him. Hopefully, the pieces around him can stay healthy. And, um, you know, I just feel like, you know, this is, this is the year where they actually have to give him a chance to see what he has because if you don't, you don't really know what you're necessarily getting into. All you necessarily can hope for or think that is Aaron is coming back, you have him for possibly one to two more years, 
And then that's it. You don't know what you're going to have with this kid if you don't let him play. So I feel like the team has to get behind him. The coach has to get behind him. They obviously have to draw plays where he's not going to be doing, you know, stupid stuff. And, uh, and and just see what he has. And then, you know, from there, you, you go from there. And that's about it, man. I just And I know a lot of people are thinking the same way, but I feel like the Jets organization really has to do it. And obviously they got to reassure in that line because when he starts to scramble, that's when he starts to kind of like make bonehead decisions. I feel like if he stays in the pocket, he reads his one to two, his one to third option, and if the third option is not there, dunk, you know, dump it down. Right. He couldn't do before. That's that that that's that's exactly what you, Lonnie. And, and I thank you for the phone. We lost Lonnie there, but I I appreciate the phone call. That's it. And look with the Giants, and we're gonna have Jordan on in about twelve minutes. Okay. Win the game, win the game. You know, I still believe in this coach. I still believe in the direction, the vision, everything. I am not jumping ship after one game, however ugly as it might have been. But if this coach is everything that we believe him to be, then there's no reason why he can't get this team up to go out to Arizona and beat a bad Cardinals team. Because don't let everything fool you. The Cardinals are a bad team. All right, and and, and actually, I think that what happened to the Cardinals in week one was an indictment more than anything else on Washington. Maybe Washington is the one that's going to have some problems this year. And the fact that they let them hang around. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. Let us say hi to Jonathan in the car in Brooklyn, up next here on 98.7. Jonathan, how are you? Great, Dan. Thanks for taking the call. Happy birthday to your pops and shout out to the company. Thanks, John. Um, What's going on? Lifelong, first time caller, but lifelong Jets fan. And um, I like the Giants, too. So I'm taking the Giants in my uh, taking the Giants defense in my fantasy league. I think that Saquon's gonna go nuts, especially in the first half. They're gonna get a lead, and that defense is gonna key in, and the Giants win by double digits. But um, all right. So I gotta give Zach a shot, right? And as a Jets fan, you know I hated Zach Wilson, but I think it's a stupid move to go get somebody else. Let's work with the kid. Okay, fine. I am not conceding the Dallas Cowboy game. I actually think we have a shot. And the reason why is because the bottom line is they're going to stack the box to stop the run, and they're going to dare the kid to throw. That will open up the screen game. The kid showed you know, in week one he could throw a screen pass, and you got Dalvin Cook back there. So I think we can get a little action with that. I think that we're going to stack the box and stop Dallas's running game. And, you know, Dak Prescott, you know, with our secondary, I'll take my chances. So I'm not going to say that, you know, we'll flat out win, although I have a gut feeling that we will. But, you know, we get a mulligan because they absolutely destroyed the Giants and we're not going to get destroyed. Well, and, and the thing, that, John, yeah. you know what the thing is, too, John, about this game? And I got to run because I got to get a break here, actually. And I, and I thank you for the phone call. Um, look, it's going to be a tough game this week. No doubt about it. It's not going to be easy. If you're going to tell me the Jets lose this week, I could be like, all right, I don't think that that's out of the realm of possibility. But if you're going to tell me that the defense is going to get lit up and they're not going to show up, that's one thing I don't see happening. Because I'm bullish on this defense, and I think you guys know that. That defense will keep them in games, and I expect them to go out there and do their thing. Remember, you got – see – And I was even asking a couple of guys about this today, Jordan Whitehead, and you'll hear the interview on the pregame show coming up on Sunday. If it's difficult 
to get a read on a team when you're scouting and when you're doing your prep based off of just one game's worth of film and especially how it could be misleading with the Cowboys, for example, because they didn't run their normal offense for the majority of that game because the game was so lopsided. You had the defensive scores, the special team scores. Like, Dallas was running like a four-minute offense type of deal pretty much the entire game. So, like, you didn't get a lot of meat as to what they were going to do. And not only that, normally in the past, you go back and watch, let's say, game film from the previous year. As Aaron Judge just hits a grand slam, so much for the slump. But remember, Mike McCarthy's calling the plays now. Kellen Moore was calling the plays last year. That's a whole different mindset to how you're going to operate the offense. You know, you could maybe look at some tendencies of Mike McCarthy previously in his career when he was with the Packers and those things, but this is a different team, different personnel, different everything. So, you know, San Francisco when Sala was there and, you know, the Packers, they had their battles, but a lot has changed. And from a scouting standpoint, it's really, really difficult, I think, to be able to get a handle on that type of stuff. Let's say hi to Danny in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Danny, how are you? Oh, we're doing good. We are about 20 minutes away from saying goodbye to the carnage that was week one, and now yes. we can move on to week two officially. Not a bad little game. Got some stars, a lot of fantasy options going on tonight. Actually got my quarterback and my wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, going. So this is a, what's the line, a pretty what's good the line on matchup. This, Dan, what's the line on this game tonight? Uh, six points, I believe, which I don't like, so I'm, not, I'm staying away from that. As uh, Don LaGreca noted previously when they were doing their picks, it's a little much. Uh, A couple of scheduling uh, notes. This is the only week of the season that I see that the Jets and the Giants will both be playing at the same time. Now, of course, the last five weeks they've expanded flexing, but now with the way it looks, I don't think they'll be, you know, playing it. I think they'll be pushing the Jets and the Giants together later in the season to clear that 430 spot. And uh, Monday Night Football, we're going back to two games. They, They used to do that once a year, only on the first week of the season. We got a we got a double dip set Monday. We got a seven o'clock game and a nine o'clock game. So yeah, but you know you what go. stinks? What stinks about it, Dan, is that when they had those games, like you said in the week one, you had like an early game and then you had a West Coast game, so they wouldn't run into each other. This one, it's seven fifteen and eight fifteen. Yeah, so you said they're both running at the same time. I don't get it. I don't get the, the theory behind that. You get, you're cutting the audience in half. Uh, you know, I, I listened all week, and you, you got to be optimistic about the Jets, but. It is what it is, and I tell anyone, I, I lived through it with Roethlisberger. He blew out his elbow week two, I believe it was, about four or five years ago. Right. That was it. The Super Bowl was out the window. It was a very fun season because they went 8-8 eight and eight with Duck Hodges and uh, Mason Rudolph before he got whacked over the head with a helmet. And, you know, and there was no pressure anymore. Was the first, you know, having having a, a franchise quarterback since 2004, it was the first time that I there was no pressure and I enjoyed the games for what they were. And they finished 8-8, eight eight, which was a nice season. So that's where the Jets are. If Zach does everything Zach could possibly do and goes from the worst quarterback to a average quarterback, they will beat the non-playoff teams. They can beat the Denver Broncos. They can beat the Patriots. I don't see them beating any of the teams that are really good, and that's what I remember from that deal with the Steelers. Uh, they got tremendous weapons, though, and this guy running back looks special. The sad thing in football is that you can't keep these teams together for too long. Like. No. Uh, this year's team, you, it, the defense will not be the same next year. People will have to go for free agency. You can't re-sign everybody. But next year, is is that the wide receiver's third year? So now all of a sudden, you know, you got to re-sign him. And now, uh, I almost said fog, imagine that. Rogers deferred most of his pay, you would know better than me, to next year. 
to go for it this year. So next year he's showing up, he's getting thirty-five million. So there are people on that team, no matter how good they are, they can't come back next year. Well, there's a Rogers they, they have. Well, Dan, here's the thing, and I got to hit a break here, but I thank you for calling. The, the window is still open next year. All these guys, again, that just it's a testament to Joe Douglas and the team he built with this young core. You know, I, off the top of my head, I don't know if anybody's you know truly, truly, truly significant that's a free agent after this year. They're going to have to pay a couple of guys like AVT. They're going to have to make sure that they sign. I'm thinking back to that rookie class from, from uh, 2021. Guys like that. You know, but the core is in place. And the quarterback, you figure, I, I think he's coming back next year, that they'll still be a team that can do some special things next year. But next year is next year. You worry about Dallas. You still got a season to play for now, and you're 1-0. We come back, we'll switch gears, talk a little giant football with Jordan Renan. He joins us next. Dan Grasser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs>